The AAPA conference is coming up May 18th through 22nd in Houston. I'm so sad that I will not be there, but some of my favorite people will be. So I want to make sure that y'all know who to look out for. So if you're heading down to the conference, make sure you go by the Blueprint and Rosh Review table. They're giving away all kinds of stuff stethoscopes, seats in the review course. They're talking about how Rosh Review has joined Blueprint and what that looks like. But definitely go stop by, say hi, get some swag, tell them I said hello, uh, and it'll be a really good time. I'm sure y'all will have an awesome time in Houston. Make sure you go to Torchy's Tacos, my absolute favorite, and spend some time in the exhibit hall exploring we know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for QBanks, pants review courses, now is the time. And usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. We get so many questions about GPA and what to do if you have a low GPA. So today on the podcast, we're talking to someone who was successfully accepted as a first-time applicant with a very low GPA and what they did to make themselves competitive for PA school applications. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. If you've been around a little while, you've heard me talk about Picmonic, and they are our sponsor of the Pre-PA Club podcast this week. As I have been personally going through my 10-year PANRI recertification, I completely feel you with having to study all of this information that we learn in PA school. It is a lot. And Picmonic is such a great way to study that almost feels like a break if that makes sense, instead of just staring at a textbook or a PowerPoint for hours and hours. It is a resource that incorporates videos and stories to help you actually understand the material and remember it and recall it. So you can have a character or a story to connect with the drug you're learning about or the medication side effect or the symptoms of a disease. And it just makes it so much easier when you're trying to recall all of this information. So I like to watch the Picmonic videos, take notes, I'm a note taker, and then go back and do some of the review multiple choice quizzes to apply and make sure that I understand the information. Big fan of QBanks, I think they're extremely helpful. And so you're really getting everything with Picmonic. So if you're trying to figure out what resources are gonna work best for you, I say give it a shot. And we'll put the link in the description so that you can find out more information and sign up for Picmonic and give it a shot to see if it is gonna be a good fit for you in your PA education. Use the code, the PA platform for 20% off at checkout. Hey guys, welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me today for today's interview. We're going to hear from Elijah. This is just such a great story of how perseverance and setting goals and sticking to them and doing things that make you sacrifice throughout this process will be so worth it and will certainly pay off in the end. So we'll get to his story um, just for a little background about him. He is a non-traditional student 
Uh, he had a child during undergrad, so we talk about that and being an, a parent and applying to PA school. He got his bachelor's degree from UCLA and then went in to do a master's program to help with his GPA. And now he was living in Arizona, but got into PA school in New Jersey. So he packed up to move to attend PA school and complete his goal and his dream of becoming a PA. So I really hope that this interview uh, gives you some hope. And that was Elijah's goal too, was just for other people in similar situations to hear about his experience and kind of put some, some realistic light around what it may take if you're on the lower uh, end of your GPA to get where you need to be to get into PA school. So uh, we'll get to that in just a second. A few things to note, if you are listening live, we do have some stuff coming up for you. Um, we just had a webinar where we debuted a free tool that you need to know about, and we'll be sharing more of, about that on the podcast. But in the meantime, we have created, if you've heard of chat GPT and AI stuff, we have created a pre-PA AI. So you can go to this link and you can ask any questions that you need to ask about pre-PA stuff. You can say, should I write a thank you note after interviews? What should I say in my thank you note? What kind of interview questions can I expect? What should be my personal statement? Whatever you want to ask it, we've tested it. If it can't answer your question, you let us know, but it's pulling from all of our resources, the books, the website, videos, podcasts, to try to make your life easier. So that link is in the description and we'll be sharing it on social media. If you're on our email list, we'll send out some emails about it too. But we just really wanted there to be an awesome free tool for you to get your questions answered. I know a lot of y'all come to me with those questions and I can't always get to every message as quickly as I would like. So this is a good way to do that. So we're very excited about the pre-PA AI. Uh, and that is powered by Mapped. I've talked about Mapped a little bit, but it is a free application tracker and you can put in your experience. Your It's got the best GPA calculator and we'll be sharing more on that as well. But uh, this is really exciting. So I hope you all love it and let me know if you have any feedback. I would love to see what answers it's giving you. If you want to post on social media and tag me, I can't wait to see them. And it's so great. So uh, another announcement in a little over a month is when we'll be in Baltimore for MappedCon, and I would love to meet you there. Um, the hotel block ends in about two weeks, so you do want to get signed up for that to make sure you have a hotel room, you're getting lunch, getting t-shirts, that kind of stuff by signing up in time. And please just share with anyone who you know who may be interested in attending. We wanna have as many pre-PAs there as possible and have some really great presentations for you guys. And I can't wait to meet y'all. I'm just very excited about that part. All right, let's get into hearing from Elijah. Thanks for listening. Sorry for the long intro. I just am chatty today, apparently. But I will see y'all on the next episode. And we're just talking about interview stuff. So many good interviews and different things coming up. But if you need anything, feel free to reach out. So I am a, I guess, admitted PA student now. I'm going to attend Rutgers uh, this August. Uh, I guess my journey started off in my undergrad. I went to UCLA for my undergrad. Uh, that's where I met my wife, girlfriend at the time, but my wife now. Um, during our sophomore year, we had a kiddo. We were really young. I think I was 19. I was around 19 years old when I found out. 
I was gonna yeah. be a dad. So it was a big like life changer for me. And I, I just thought feeling in the moment, I felt like my life was going down the drain. But now that I look back on it, it was a blessing. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be who I am today without uh, my little kiddo. Uh, so had a kid during college, I still kept up with all my leadership, all my extracurriculars, I was still involved in my community. But my grades suffered. Um, trying to juggle all of that, uh, all those leadership and extracurriculars and school and learning how to be a full-time dad, it, it really took a toll on me and my wife. And so our grades didn't really do that well. I think just straight out of the university, if I were to calculate my SGPA, it would probably have been like a 2.1 or something like that. I think at one point it dipped below to like a 1.9. I'm not sure. I, yeah. I don't know the the details of it, but it was, it was pretty bad. Um, just the rigor of that university alone was hard and learning how to navigate that while being a young parent was, oh, it was, it was so tough. But uh, afterwards, um, you know, I knew I had to buckle down. I knew I, I knew I wanted to do something in medicine. I wasn't sure if I was truly pre-med yet or pre-PA. I kind of knew about both. I was kind of leaning towards pre-med um, until I started learning more about what PAs did. But so, so I buckled down, I did a master's, um, me and my wife were actually classmates for undergrad and for our master's. So we are kind of doing the same path right now, uh, except I did the PA route and she did the, she's doing the med school route right now. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm, we just graduated last, last year, 2022. Okay. Last year was a big year for us. We finished our master's, got, finally got married. Um, I started applying to PA school. She started applying to med school and here we are now I got accepted. Uh, I finally learned what it means to be a good student, a good yeah. parent. Uh, I learned how to be a son-in-law th uh, this year. Um, it was amazing. It was a big year for both of us. It's just this yeah. past year. So finding out that I got off the wait list was, oh my goodness. And I didn't have to apply for the next cycle. It, it was amazing. <laughs> that's a lot of, that's a lot of changes, like big changes mm -hmm. all at once. <laughs> um, but that's interesting. So I want to hear a little bit more about, so you said you were kind of like pre-med, pre-PA. Mm -hmm. Was that going into college? You kind of were already on that track? Like what was your major? My major was uh, going into college. It was physiology. Okay. Um, but I didn't keep a GPA high enough to stay within, uh, stay with that degree. So I was like, oh my goodness, what do I do? Do I have to become like an arts? Uh, do I have to get an arts degree now? Like I thought I needed a science degree for medicine. So I, I looked into biology, just general biology. And yeah. I, I guess I met the requirements for that. So even though I was doing classes that I didn't really like to do, like zoology and all that, I, and it probably contributed as to like part of my failure during my undergraduate careers, because I was really not interested in learning about like animal bones and, and like the Latin names for what an elephant is. Like, I still don't remember what it is. Yeah. And I don't think I'll ever use it in my life, but. Yeah, so I graduated with biology. Okay. Um, I think there was, just for transparency, there was two semesters where I was subject to dismissal um, or I think academic probation. I forget the difference between the two. It was so long ago. Whatever, this was like five yeah. plus years ago. But it was uh, it was really scary because I that was my dream university that I got into. And yeah. to be told that I might be subject to dismissal was, was really scary. And then just seeing what my future in medicine would be like. I I didn't even know the process of applying to PA school or med school. Like 
I just went through college with the notion that C's get degrees because that's what everyone tells me. And it's completely yeah. not true. You need a you need to be a star student. And yeah. I mean, you don't need straight A's, but, you know, a couple C's and like won't hurt. But I definitely had a different mindset in college compared to what I have now. Yeah. Did you have an advisor or anybody who was kind of supporting you or not really any guidance there? No, I gosh, and this was partially my fault. I kind of put everything on the back burner because of raising my son. Um, my wife had such a tough pregnancy too. So I was, I felt like I was trying to learn to be more of a partner and a parent during college than prioritizing school, which was, yeah. you know, it, it contributed to who I am today, but it, it definitely took a toll on other aspects of my life. And um, I wasn't able to find that balance until I did this master's program and was really able to prove to myself academically that I had the potential to, you know, to, succeed uh in higher education tell us more about your master's program what was that in I get a lot of questions about like should I do a master's should I do a post back? what mm -hmm. did you look for in a program and kind of what did that consist of what did it actually look like um my wife was the one that actually told me to do this uh so we kind of knew about post backs and you know master's program SMPs whatever you want to call it um we wanted to have something to our name at the end of it. You know, having a master's degree to our name was sounded nice versus doing a post back. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for anyone. Um, but we decided to do, to do a master's and we were classmates in that as well. Um, uh, we got it in medical nutrition. I kind of just followed my wife's lead. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. But after like taking some class, some of the classes in, in, in that degree and getting that master's, it really opened my eyes as to the holistic aspect of, you know, practicing medicine with regards to nutrition and the fact that not many physicians and providers utilize nutrition and, and diet into their uh, healthcare plan. And I just thought, oh, wow, this is something I could probably use not only for myself, but for my patients down the line. So at the end of the day, I was really glad that I stuck with nutrition. But uh, if you're considering any type of SMP or master's, anything like physiology or anatomy or any of those sciences, it should work for you. Just make sure that you guys really push through, get those A's because every A matters when you're in your post-bac or master's. Yeah. Like, like I, I had the mindset where I couldn't even afford a B or an A minus. I got one A minus, which I was pretty upset about, but um, just you have to really just push through because if you had a GPA like mine in your undergrad, you really have to show ad comms that without a doubt that you're worthy, that you're, you have the potential to succeed in their program. Yeah, that no, that's I mean, great advice. If you're gonna do it, do it and do well in it, mm -hmm. um, for sure. And it sounds like you did. Um, was that a full time program? Like, were you in class all day, or was it similar to like? Um, it was. I was very fortunate. It was actually online, and I oh, don't cool. know if Adcoms really took that into account. I didn't yeah. mention it at all if it was online or not. Um, but I think the recommended, uh, like curriculum for that program was. Uh, to be to finish it in two years but I was like no I'm gonna apply to, I want to apply to preschool now uh, so I did it in one year I was working full-time I was oh, doing wow. master's full-time I was taking A&P and microbio and retaking all my like chem series because okay. they were about to expire I was doing a lot these past years I had no life um, <laughs> there's gonna be sacrifice there's gonna be yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to so I, I was doing a lot at the time and I was still okay. a parent I'm still, still a parent a too on top yes. of that yeah. Um, so yeah, I did all that. Um, 
Yeah, it was it was it was tough. So instead of two years, typically most SMPs or master's programs are two years. Uh, but I opted to just accelerate everything to one year, just do it really fast, get it out of the way so I can apply. Yeah. So um, I think the way you did it is very, you know, made sense for what you were doing. Um, but is is definitely tough. And like you said, kind of a full time thing, like you're not going to have much time for anything else, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when you kind of answered one of my questions. Did your master's have some of your prereqs in it that you needed to retake or that you needed, or did you have to kind of do those oh. all separate? Um, I mean, I, I think I had one, one course there, which was like statistics. Okay. Uh, but most, most, uh, there's a lot of paid programs that don't really require that. Um, it just happened to be in my curriculum for my nutrition degree. My nutrition degree was mainly, my master's was mainly to show outcomes that I can handle graduate level courses yeah. and that I can succeed. Um, with regards to prereqs, that's something I had to do on the side, which was another stress in it of lot. itself. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Um, how much did doing that master's program and doing those prereqs help your GPAs? Oh, I, I thought I did awesome. I I took about 60 units at the end of everything. I just finished okay. biochem right now um, because even though I got accepted, I they wanted me to finish that class. Yeah, um, yeah. So, to be honest, with the amount of credits that I had from my undergrad, it I felt like it barely touched it. So I think my SGPA at the beginning of all this was like a 2.1. Okay. At the time of application, when my master's was like three quarters done, my G, my SGPA was like a 2.3. So that's like, it barely touched it. Yeah. Even with all the prereqs I was taking also on the side, because I got A's in those as well. I think my, my master's GPA was a 3.98. Uh, my last 60 units at the time of application was like a 3.87. So it was, it was okay. up there. I, I didn't, I left barely any room for mistakes. Uh, probably yeah. like one A minus that hurt me, but um, it barely touched my GPA. And I was, I was really bummed out. I was like, wow, yeah. like I, I'm putting on all this work these past like two years and for a 0.2 raise in my SGPA, it was, it was kind of disheartening and it was even more disheartening when I was getting those rejections and I was like what what do I do because I just feel like I I did everything I could well that's what's so interesting about GPA that I try to tell people when they're asking like uh, you know we have that pressure to do all the things all like all at the same time um it's like you start at the top and you can really only go down like you're Mm -hmm. never gonna get back to a 4.0 no matter what you do if Mm -hmm. it drops and so it's like you just it's like a losing battle unfortunately um and then once you have a bunch of credits it makes it even harder to get it to come up even just right. a little bit where was your overall gpa kind of through all this um at the time of application caspa uh calcul- and i sent you the i sent you like my little gpa thing i don't know if you saw oh, it, i don't but, know uh, if i saw it. yeah i'll have to look yeah uh just to, oh, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> just to show I, you that yeah, I was, I yeah yeah, that wasn't lying. Like it's true. Like I had a really bad GPA. Yeah. Um, I think at the time of application, it was like a two point five, two point five three. Yeah. But um, I had it recalculated through um, ET Steel Central Coast because they did grade recalculations throughout the cycle. Okay. They said it was like a, it was like at the three point oh cusp, which I don't know how much to believe that because I was like, okay, how come my SGPA didn't barely move, but my CGPA is like went from a two point five all the way to a three. I didn't. Yeah. I just didn't understand that part. 
it may just be how they calculate. I mean, some, when they start doing their own calculations and dropping or looking at stuff, it, it gets all kinds of wonky. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you decided, you know, you were in this master's working through stuff, decided to apply to PA school, um, which I wouldn't understand like what it went into your decision-making process of what you were looking for in schools. And then also kind of knowing like, Hey, my GPA may not be where I want it to be, but I'm still going to go for it. And like, how'd you figure out which schools mm-hmm. you felt like would be a good fit based on that? Cause I don't know if you're in our Facebook group or anything, but yeah. <laughs> comes up all the time of like, where, where should I apply if my GPA is lower? How should yeah. I, how do I approach this? Um, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I was one of those. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it, it's so hard. Cause it's, it's just, and I, this is what I told, like, it's such a gray, gray area. Cause there's so much to it. Like, it's just not only about GPA, but that is an important part of the cycle and part of the application. So it's, it's so hard to say, like, if somebody just says, oh, these are my stats, what what should I do? Where should I apply? Because I've seen people with a 3.98 not get in. And right. so you can't go just off of that. So what was your mindset? Like, how did you go about that process? Oh, man. I mean, by no means, I, I don't think I'm an expert at all in all things application cycle, because this was my first and only cycle. And I only had one interview. So I wouldn't take my word you know, as gospel, but I'll, I will tell you what, what I did was I, I had to really apply strategically. And I know a lot of people say that, but you have to really read all the nuances of what these schools have on their website, whether or not, you know, they will consider your GPA, whether or not um, they have a minimum or not, because the school I got into Rutgers, um, they had a 3.2 minimum, right? And if you just look at that at base value, oh, 3.2, I'm, I can't apply. But if you read into their um, application and their website, it's it, they have a supplemental question that says, you know, if you had any extenuating circumstances, let us know. Um, and then we'll, you know, if you don't meet our minimum GPA, we'll, we'll, we'll look into it, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I think that's the only reason I got this interview. I was surprised. They were the only ones offering me an interview and it was like really fast actually um, with how fast they sent that interview and the way things got rolling. But my advice with regards to researching schools is, Make sure you meet all the minimums because there are definitely like two schools that I applied to where I didn't meet the minimum and I didn't do enough research. So that's like what, like a hundred, two hundred dollars yeah. wasted right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, f- with my case, with regards to how I approach things, I had to look at schools with no minimum, either no minimum GPAs or they'll consider your last thirty or sixty units. You know, schools like that. And there are actually quite a lot of schools out there. Um, I reached out to a lot of people actually from your Facebook, uh, Savannah, and I connected with all the people that were able to guide me in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and I, I looked into those schools and some of those schools now for this cycle have changed their requirements. Like you have to really make sure that you're not referencing an old list that someone has made. Yeah, because yeah. I've definitely done that. And then I looked at the website and it was completely changed from just one cycle. Yeah. So. Yeah. You just really have to do your research. Just make sure you look into schools that will even look at you. Um, Stay on top, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It, on your application, this is a, a controversial question that comes up sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. On your application, did you talk about being a parent and being a dad? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's such yeah. a big part as to not just who I am, but as to what 
my uh, my motivation was to succeed. I I, I mentioned the, I mentioned it a lot, especially in my supplementals. Uh, but in my personal statement is where I really you know I I didn't go too much into detail. I I still talked about why I wanted to be a PA. I didn't want my whole persona to be oh I'm a dad and I'm young. Yeah. You know I just kind of mentioned it at the end. Uh, I said something along the lines of um, oh lastly and my my biggest reason for wanting to become a PA uh, is to show my is to be a good example for my son to show him that that despite the hardships in life that you can still achieve your dream career so that I mean I kind of touched upon my situation yeah but I think I mainly focused on schools with really supplementals that will look into your backstory because um, that's where I really allowed allowed myself to explain my whole situation just like what Rutgers did yeah no that's that's perfect I just I, I'm with you I feel like anything anything that is a big part of your life is worth talking about and Mm -hmm. you know I would my my approach was I wouldn't want to go to a school that didn't want me because of that like because of something I cared about um Mm -hmm. and and, you know so anyway um but no I think I think that's great great advice um and clearly you know you had you had taken steps to prove that you could handle a master's um, and, you know, like you said, doing other stuff, taking classes, working full time. What was your patient care experience? Um, so I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of upward trend in the application. So I kind of took that with me, not only in my grades, but with my patient care experience, which is another thing I recommend to your listeners is yeah, that you have I to show that. them that without a doubt in all aspects of your life that you, you are on the upward trend. So I started off with scribing, which was basically like no no hands-on patient care experience, but yeah. you kind of delve into medicine. So I started off as a family medicine and ER scribe, uh, which um, from there I eventually understood that I needed something more hands-on. So I got my EMT, started working on the ambulance. Uh, this was around the time of COVID. So I was transporting COVID patients and that was super scary. Yeah. Um, well, at the time, because we didn't understand too much about it, but yeah, so I did the ambulance thing during COVID. I did the COVID screen, like the vaccination sites, did all that. Um, and then I eventually landed a job at a holistic clinic, which was kind of odd because I was doing my master's in medical nutrition and they really implement nutrition and holistic medicine. I don't know how I got to that yeah, side of medicine. That, yeah. They just, yeah, they just, they just needed an EMT. So I was like, oh, like, you know, you guys pay well, so I'll, I'll work <laughs> for you. So I found myself on the holistic side of medicine and actually had one of my naturopathic doctors that I worked with right one of my letters of rec so I, I guess that doesn't matter um and then I finally landed my job my present day job at uh, emergency room uh, as in ED tech and that job has so many hands-on skills um I just feel like I've, I've reached the peak as to what an EMT can do in my state in Arizona yeah. and we got to do so many things like I went from being a scribe to just writing HPIs and physical exams and ROSs to being a tech in the ED where I'm throwing in Foley's, I'm doing IVs, I'm splinting, I'm, I'm doing CPR uh, at a level one trauma center. So it was really, really busy. So I get a lot of exposure with regards to hands-on patient care. So um, just all in all, just having that upper trend, even in your patient care hours is something I, I feel like helped me a lot too, because it's not just one aspect of your application. You need to, it's not just the red flags or the weak part of your application. You got to make yourself stand out in yeah. like your whole holistic aspect of your application. No, that's that's a really great point. I think people get comfortable and it's easy to get in a position where 
you like what you're doing and you know the people mm -hmm. and it's good and all these things. But at some point, if you're not getting the results you want, like you said, like looking at something where you're going to have more responsibility, learn new skills, those things can be really beneficial um, and stand out too. Mm -hmm. um, but okay, so you are moving for PA school. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a pretty big move for it is. Um, what are you doing or have you done anything to kind of prepare to kind of get yourself ready or to get to know your classmates? What has kind of. So it, it did come as a shock uh, getting that acceptance because I was already it was a month out from the cycle opening and I was I was already letting my letters of recognition like, hey, I'm going to reapply. And my wife kind of knew, like, okay, we're going to be in Arizona another year. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but prior to applying, we kind of talked about, like, where I would be applying. And she knew the situation because she's in the same exact academic situation as I am. So we couldn't be picky as the location. We couldn't apply to any of the Arizona schools. So we kind of already had an idea that we would be somewhere out of state. So even when I interviewed with Jersey, my wife was already looking into things and she was saying, like, oh, like, let's manifest it by doing research and stuff. So we already kind of had an idea as to how we would approach our move to Jersey. It's just that it came at such a an unsuspecting time that it kind of caught us off guard. Uh, so yeah, right now, I think I'm still personally trying to like take it all in and just yeah. <laughs> like realize like, oh my gosh, like I'm starting PA school, I got in. Um, yeah. But we, we've been having, uh, we, we've been having discussions on what to do. It's kind of expensive to move coast to coast because my school's in Jersey. Jersey, I've heard uh, it's expensive too. It's expensive there. I yeah. I were kind of used to it because we did uh, we lived in California for a <laughs> yeah. little bit. Yeah. But Arizona was it was a lot cheaper and we kinda <laughs> kinda got comfortable here. Um yeah, with regards to the move, it it's so expensive. It's like we looked into it. We saw quotes going up to like five grand for movers, and we were like, Yeah, oh goodness, we might as well just just start new up there. <laughs> Well, I just talked yeah. to somebody and that's what they're doing. I forgot where she was moving from to or from, but she mm -hmm. was doing like a big move. And that's what she was like. It was cheaper for me to just sell all my furniture and do like furnished finder or something for mm -hmm. a year. And uh, I was like, that's so interesting. But yeah, it's just, it adds up very, very quickly. It's really fortunate too, because the we're doing... Um, housing through the campus and we kind of oh, cool. we, we're doing something called family housing which is something yeah. we did back at UCLA and I recommend that to all uh families that are listening to this that are like got into PA school and are moving their families to the campus because family housing at least at Rutgers is awesome not only is the rent lower than surrounding apartments but it's fully furnished um we like get great location yeah great location it's safe it's within the university uh we have no Wi-Fi bills, like everything is covered in the cost and it's still a lot cheaper than, you know, other that's options. Right. That's awesome. So. Yeah, no, that's a great plan. Um, I think, you know, it's hard to prepare for PA school. I think we talk about it and talk about what to expect, but until you're really there, it's, it's a little tough. Mm -hmm. But um, is there anything that you feel like after doing your master's and doing working full time and doing all that at the same time, do you feel ready for PA school or is there anything you're kind of nervous about? I feel like I feel like PA school is a different piece because, gosh, I watch a lot of podcasts and I, I, I look at a lot of these Facebook posts and a lot of people say it's a different 
it's different. Like you just don't know until you're in. And I, I'm not going to go in thinking, oh yeah, I got a 4.0 in my graduate, in my graduate program and I'm going to do well. Like I, I always believe that first and foremost for students throughout our whole lives, like I'm just going to take it humbly because um, I know I'm going to have to adapt to the study methods and how the, how fast paced K school is. Um, that's kind of my mindset going into yeah. things. I always try to go in humble because I feel like if I go in too proud, I, I put things off and I procrastinate. And I'm just like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Because that's what yeah. I did in my undergrad. I'm like, yeah, I got into UCLA. Like, I'm fine. I'll be fine. Like, so, you know, yeah. I graduated with a 2.0 like GPA and I'm like, what did I do? Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um, so looking back, like, so if you had advice to give to someone who was either struggling through undergrad or is in that kind of low GPA position, what would be your advice to them? don't look at the past anymore it's done the damage is done as of right now today you need a if you have a b in that class strive for that a if you have a c strive for that b you know because you need to start making changes now because you can't just apply with nothing to show you have to show these outcomes that you are without a doubt a worthy applicant that they'll even look at your application so doing that work now just taking it day by day you know like just waking up to study waking up to get to work uh, it, it's a struggle. It's it's a daily process. It's 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 an accumulation of all these days, uh, where you're just working hard, and yeah, just just tackling you know the red flags of your GPA. Like you, you just have to face the fact that my GPA sucks. I have to do something about it. Whether it's a post back or masters, or my patient care hours are low, I need to do something about it. I'm gonna pick up overtime and just you know work work my butt off and get all these hours. And I'm gonna shadow on the side as well because I want to show them that I can handle this overload of, of work, because that, that's how PA school essentially is, except it's just in the didactic portion where it's just like, I, in the first year, that's when they overload you with a bunch of stuff. And they just want to know that you'll be able to manage your stress and manage your time well. So that that's the best way you can show ad comms, you know, that, that you're worthy of a seat in their class. And I, I love your self-awareness of that because some people, uh, will realize that they do maybe need to retake classes or the GPA is an issue. Um, or like you said, their experience isn't that great, but they just, feel, it's like, you feel like you, if you pad your application, like right. you know, so many people who like will say, oh yeah, my GPA is low, but I'm getting more experience. And I'm like, well, you have experience. You got to go back and do GPA now. Like nobody mm -hmm. wants to, of course, nobody wants to, but you, you, you have to be able to recognize those weaknesses and make them better if you want to right. see see the benefit. So I think the fact that you were able to do that and actually take those actions clearly paid off and Rutgers, yeah. you know, appreciated that also um, and saw that in you too. So no, this was, this is great. Thank you so much for, for being mm -hmm. open to sharing and I think this will be very encouraging to a lot of pre-PA students who are in a very similar position um like you said at the beginning it can be very disheartening to just feel like you're kind of not sure where to go or if you have options um but I feel like if you want to be a PA like figure it out you can become a PA <laughs> it may just take a little bit longer than you thought or a little different path to get there yeah um, and just don't listen to those naysayers on the forums on yes. the Facebook groups you have to connect with the people who have gotten in with these low GPAs because they have they have the story to tell
And I, I by no means, I'm not, like I said, I'm, I'm not an expert in the whole application process or how do you get in with like a low GPA? I'm no expert. I'm just, this is just my story and what I did. Experience, yeah. A lot of, a lot of other people with similar stories uh, or like with bad GPAs, they have their own stories and how they tackle it. So I, that's what I did. I just kind of got in touch with others where I'm just like, Hey, what did you do? Like, yeah. did you do this? Did you do that? Did you keep working while doing this? Things like that. Yeah, I got some insight. Now that's super smart. So I'm sure you'll do wonderfully and we'll have to check back in once you're done with school and you tell us what, what you're going to be doing and how it I'll went. let you know. So, yeah, send, send us an update. Awesome. How humbling it'll be, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. hopefully not too bad. Um, hopefully not too bad. That's, I talked to a, um, somebody who's on faculty at a California school yesterday and we were talking about mm-hmm. like why students struggle and... I think like that's what we agreed on is like just the expectation. Like it's just hard to understand that you've got to be able to adjust very quickly throughout mm-hmm. the program. Like it just, it's just a lot. Um, a lot of adapting is what yes, I do. A lot of adapting, a lot of, you know, um, figuring out what works. And then when it doesn't work, you figure out something else and do that. So I don't doubt I'm going to like do Oh, like, okay, right. I mean, if you get a master's and and read it all your like you'll you'll be fine. I I fully believe that anyone who gets into PA school can succeed in PA like can succeed and take boards and be fine in PA school. Um, I don't even think it's the material that's difficult. It's just the volume that is mm-hmm. that is a lot. So if you did a two year master's in one year, <laughs> I think I think you can probably do it. It's just a little scary because like I'm still like wanting to be there for my son and I know yeah. these past two years have been hard on on not really too hard on him but I I feel like I wish I was more present I just know that once I'm done with PA school then I can be like a full-time dad and just yeah. take him to all the soccer games and <laughs> yeah you'll find you'll sacrifice. find a balance and some weeks will be better than others or easier but um I think I think honestly we didn't have a ton of parents in my class Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few in the class below me and I remember talking to one dad and he was like, I just treat this like a full-time job, like from, you know, morning to night, like morning, whatever time, eight to six, like that, like, this is my job. And then I'm a parent. And then like, I might study a little bit more at night, but mm-hmm. just having a schedule and, um, I think he also said he would like take one day off a week or at least half a day off a week on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's hard not to feel like you have to study all the time, but you really don't like, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and this is not to go back to C's get degrees, but um, there, there's uh-huh. a difference in like, you want to pass and everything, but honestly, like you don't have to get a 4.0. And so that, that mm-hmm. was a realization that I had to have, because I was like the study 24 seven person that was like, okay, if I, if I take a break to go get dinner with my family, is that going to be the difference in me getting like mm-hmm. a 98 and an 85? Or is that the difference in me getting like a 92 and a 93? Like it, right. it's not that significant and I still need to eat dinner. I still need to like take a break. So, <laughs> all right. I'm a person. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just it, uh, like, I had this realization of like, Oh, I like don't have to sit here and study by myself every hour of mm-hmm. every day. Um, 
but it, it, there's a lot of pressure. It feels like that you just have to always be studying in PA school. And that's not true. Um, you just have to kind of find, find your groove. I just hope I find that balance. I just need yeah. a balance. That's it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you will. Um, but yeah, but I'll definitely let you know when this is posting. And then if I can ever help you, you out or anything, please let me know. Mm -hmm. Happy to help. Um, and I'll check back in with you guys after my didactic. I know it's going to be a rough one. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear how battered I am at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to like do do updates on how things are going. So, but thank Not you so much for having pleasure. me. Thank you for yeah, thank you for me listening. <laughs>